Podcast. I'm here with Greg Wilson and a naked Don Fry. Uh, yeah. This is this is vintage. This is I don't know. Is that Don Selleck? Is that Bert? Uh, what, is oh, God, what a man! Jesus Christ! <laughs> that was actually shirtless even, with the chain. I, that is Burt Reynolds, isn't it? That's not even I'm a pretty sure. There. He actually shaved his mustache today. That's just the hair from the first mustache, <laughs> and it already grew back. Uh, that, oh, that's how much of a man this guy is. Jeez, uh, it's gonna be a great, great podcast. Though uh, I guess Don's in Arizona getting some getting some heat, right? Don, are you? Are you? Can you even hear us? All right, thanks, Don. Okay, so who are you talking to? <laughs> who am I talking to? <laughs> We're talking to the mustache. Uh, so, Don, how are you? Don, man? can I tell you? I went back and watched UFC really? nine to see you fight the other day, and uh, I guess that was when headbutting was still allowed. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because I saw you. You did, and I'm like, oh fuck! I forgot headbutting was still loud at that point. <laughs> it just shows everything was loud then. Um. <laughs> it just shows you how much Sorry. of a man he was, Greg. Because I was coaching wrestling the other day, and one of the kids was like sitting down on the sidelines. I'm like, oh, are you okay? Are you hurt? And he goes, he goes, I have a low protein intake today. My protein levels are low today. <laughs> and and I was just like. <laughs> It's like, is that your way of telling me you're gay, kid? Is that? <laughs> I, I was like, okay, well, be you, you be whoever you want. You don't have to say your protein levels are low. So I was like, hey, man, you know, uh, I, I was like, do you want to be a champion one day? He's like, yeah. I'm like, all right, well then, get up and keep wrestling. You know, like I was just, try, I tried to spin it to make it positive. You know, but did like, he get he, up and keep wrestling? Yeah, he got up and keep wrestling. But like, there we go. But meanwhile, guys, people, like, people like Don Fry, would you ever have a, a, pro, a low protein level when you were wrestling or, or boxing or fighting? Oh, hell yeah. I worked, you know, I, uh, not when I was wrestling or boxing. I didn't, like I said, I never worked that hard in wrestling and boxing. But when I was fighting, you know, I would, I would train until I couldn't move anymore. You know what I mean? I was completely on empty, you know, for food, water. Uh, energy, you know, and then we would go out and have dinner, you know, and have a, and I would have a couple of beers, you know. <laughs> and, you uh, earned them. They probably you know, evaporated in the, the, the contact. Now, but Don, you were fourth alternate on the Olympic team. Oh, yeah, they did go. No, 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 no. I was so I was so far down. My name wasn't even on the list, okay? But thank you very much. <laughs> All right. That's just Meanwhile, so, Greg, I bring my daughter, right? And my daughter's never seen me. Like, she hasn't – I've been coaching two years. She was a baby last time I coached because of COVID. So she comes in, and I have the whistle, and she goes, Daddy, why are you pretending to be a coach? I'm like <laughs> – <laughs> 
She knows you too well. I'm like, Same I'm reason not- I pretend to have a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I know. I got to ask you, Greg, Greg, how good are you at memorizing lines for acting? I got to be honest. I'm really good at it. It's something that always came pretty easy to me. And considering how much weed I've smoked, it's still remarkable how fast I can memorize a script. But I'll tell you this, yes. a lot of it has to do with the writing. If it's very natural writing and what the character would naturally probably say next, then it's very easy to memorize. But if the writer is all about the words and what he's saying and everything, then it's very difficult to memorize because it's super fucking writery. And it's not, I was like, nobody talks like this. No one would ever say this. So a lot of it, it depends on the type of writing you get. Because uh, lately I've been Absolutely. My- you know, when you're playing a, you're playing a killer... You, you don't throw in some Shakespeare right as you're stabbing the person. Exactly. Right. But sometimes that writer will be like, no, this is a different kind of murderer. Because <laughs> yeah. you, know, you know what would happen sometimes? Have you like, ever uh, Hamlet? Yeah, because well, I just know lately, Greg, I've been having a, me and my wife, we planned date night a couple times. And last minute, these auditions came up and they're like really good auditions. I'm like, fuck. It's like memorize six, seven pages. You know, have it in by noon tomorrow. So yeah. I, I canceled date night a couple times, and now I'm kind of in the doghouse. How many times do you have date night with your wife? Your wife? Every night. Every night you do date night. Yeah, every night's date night. We don't have kids, so I mean, every night's date night. We do whatever we want every night. Whatever she wants to do is what we do. So yeah, but you have yeah. shows. Yeah, but you go out and do comedy shows and stuff. Yeah, but you know what? I certainly don't go on the road as much as you do. So I don't. I feel like it's not as much. It isn't quite the same, you know, so you definitely, you definitely gone more and have more obligation at home than I do. Someone and I were around each other all the time. So it's not like, you know. What about you, uh, uh, McCorkle, when you were married or actually now with, with your uh, fiance, you, you guys have to have a, a, a date night? Yeah, how often a week do you force her to be seen in public with you? <laughs> yeah, we uh, typically don't go much of anywhere now that a mask or vaccine is required. But I did do an audition. I canceled a date night for an audition one time. And then later on, I saw the audition online. Apparently, there was no job, and the audition wasn't real. Uh, and it was a, a Dakota Cochran production. So I don't know. Oh, Weird. God. We're already with Dakota Cochran. That was a great joke if you guys didn't get it. <laughs> I did. Now I got to look up Dakota Cochran. This it's, is one of those moments where I'm glad I don't know, but I still need to find it's out. The fighter we were talking about who, who did gay porn. Oh, right. And you know how it's always like, there is no job. This isn't a real audition. But... <laughs> The girl's like, well, I guess I'll suck your dick for the job. I don't know. You know? Uh, Don, when you were, <laughs> Don, when you were married, did you have date night a lot or no? No, it never did. And that might have been part of the problem, you know? <laughs> um, she had date night with many others. She had date night with other people. Uh, <laughs> 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 uh, I, I tell you, man, make, make, uh, do, do the, Memorize the lines on the way to the restaurants. Make her part of it, man. Make her yeah. part of the show. No, I do. A lot of times, a lot yeah. of times, no. I got to put it on tape, right? audition. No, a lot of times, I got to put it on tape right. and make her read with me. And a lot of times, they're like angry scenes. And she's really angry. She's much better than <laughs> I. She gets the Dude, you know what you can always do, Adam, is next time you have a date just... night, next time you have a date night, just make up a story about how you saved some kids after a uh, terrible wreck that no one can corroborate. And the only person that can to be a huge fan and MMA follower. So, <laughs> Dude, I think I know where that's going. You got it. I think we just accidentally stumbled across a brand new podcast. It's called Love Advice with Don Fry. <laughs> 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 
I mean, this is this a whole like new world. Dude, you know who was the best that I've ever seen? It was called Dear Don with the IFL. You know, I did Dear Don with the IFL. <laughs> and it was it was the best. It was better than the fights. <laughs> Hey, Don, when you got to make up with, like you said, you got in trouble for canceling a date night or whatever. Okay, how do you make it up to her? What's the best way to make it up to her when she's mad at you for, for canceling date night? Who you asking? Uh, Who you asking? You, Don. I'm asking you. you, Don. This is the Don dating segment. <laughs> Me? Yeah. Well, that that one, that one, I don't know because uh, uh, I never – Never made him up, man. I just said, <laughs> I got my impossibility of a job. And she was so uh, uh, with that because she, all she wanted, all she wanted was money, you know. Yeah, uh, uh, Greg Fry, <laughs> what, why did you miss date night? I miss date night because I was outside trying to. I was using a beaver to dig out a stump, and now I got a little harder than Wow, wow, that's a that's a real manly thing. Uh, by the way, the meanwhile, talking about lines. <laughs> The best person I've ever seen in memorizing lines was Jeremy Piven. So me and Piven used to tour together. Um, I, I opened up for Piven for a while. Well, actually, we co-headlined. And I would give him notes, right? And after a set, I'd be like, okay, here's a bunch of notes. And he'd be half paying attention and I'm like doing something else. And I'm like, he's not going to. The next show, an hour later, every fucking single thing, just like bang, bang, bang. That dude is by far, I mean, because he grew up in the theater. But, yeah. but touring with him was... Dude, there was a line at like a meet and greet afterwards, right? One guy who was a comic, an open micer in Boston, waited online for like 30 minutes and then punched him in the balls and ran away. Uh, Jesus. I know, because I, I wasn't there. I, I was like looking at something else. I was sitting down, look over, he's fucking bowled over. I'm like, what happened? He's like, some guy just punched me in the balls and ran. <laughs> and like, the guy was already out the door, so I, I didn't chase him, but like, damn, dude, that was... We, we, we had some funny experiences on the road. One time, uh, so we, we like flew to Iowa, and he was in first class, and I was in coach. And I guess celebrities have this thing where when you leave uh, the airport, they'll have somebody, if you're a celebrity, pick you up and drive you to your next gate. Like, you could hook that up if you're whatever. Like, they'll put you like in a, like a fucking Hummer, or like a, you know, an Escalade. Well, his assistant made the reservation under Adam Greenberg. That's my real name, but he didn't know yeah. that was my real name. So some guy's holding Adam Greenberg. So he just keeps walking. And Jeremy walks like, you know, seven terminals over. And I, he's away in front of me. So I look over. I'm like, yeah, it's me. And the guy goes, oh, you're here with Jeremy Piven? I'm like, yeah. He's like, oh, I thought that was him. But we couldn't find him. So the guy just drove me instead. So I got to <laughs> fucking skip <laughs> like, like 19 terminals. <laughs> and Jeremy gets so fucking mad. Oh, I was dying laughing. Uh, it was funny. Uh, I think we're getting a full Don. Is this for your OnlyFans right now? Like, what's what's going on? Hey, is that his butthole? I don't know what I'm looking at here. <laughs> oh, I'm uh, sorry. Little, sorry little, about that. Little neck meat. We're enjoying a little neck meat, uh, courtesy of Don Fry. All right, so I'm let's outside. talk about. I'm outside watering. You're outside watering. I'm yeah. outside watering my plants for all you guys. Yeah. He's actually watering his chest hair. It grows that fast. <laughs> Um, all right, but by the way, so in the UFC over the weekend, well, first we got to talk about Dylan Dennis. You don't know who Dylan Dennis is. Dylan Dennis is this, like, really good jiu-jitsu guy. I mean, like, one of the, one of the better jiu-jitsu people. He's Conor McGregor's uh, coach. He's a guy, and he's always talked shit online. He's a guy that Khabib jumped over the cage to fight afterwards after he beat up Conor. 
And big, let's be honest, he's been your punchline quite a bit on Twitter. Yes, but he's not, but he's a pretty funny like he's a pretty good sport about it. He's always like talking shit to like John Jones or people that he Ryan Garcia. He, he just Jake Paul. He kind of like likes being the bad guy. He's got a couple hundred thousand followers. He's got this hot girlfriend, you know, Instagram model. He's sort of a celebrity in the MMA whatever world, but he never fights. He's two and zero, oh, and the first guy he beat was like four and two, and almost had him hurt, had him rocked, and then he won. So he's so he never fights. Well, over the weekend he got into a bar fight, and he got arrested. He also got kicked out of like, I don't know, John Danaher's academy or Marcelo Garcia's academy for having a bad attitude. They kicked him out. So, whatever. but I mean, this dude, what a what a waste because he's got so much talent and he has that star quality of people, a guy that you love to hate. And I heard he got to a bar fight. He got choked out by a bunch of bouncers uh, in, in New Jersey on the Jersey shore. There's a video of it. Like, what the fuck's he doing? Uh, uh, McCorkle, your thoughts? You know, he's a guy who I wanted to hate real bad. Uh, like same as Colby Covington. And then when I see him in interviews, I can't help. He knows exactly what he's doing. It reminds yeah. me of me a little bit, except he's good at jujitsu. But um, <laughs> the, uh, no, he. Um, I didn't hear about the. I knew he was all over the internet, but I didn't know what it was for this time. I thought he was just talking shit again. I know he got jumped on Jersey Shore. I have a hard time picturing a bunch of uh, Italian guys on Jersey Shore starting a fight with anybody. That doesn't. That's weird. You know, you don't see that ever. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I'm gonna have to read up on it. I hadn't hadn't uh, checked into it, but I wish he would fight more, man. I don't. Uh, He's talking about boxing Jake, um, Jake Paul, but I, I don't even – I mean, he can't box to save his life. I don't think he's going to beat Jake Paul, you know, so. But he's also one of these guys where, like, I don't know why these, these MMA – I mean, obviously they're fighters, testosterone, yes and that, but I remember when I was in the college wrestling team, a bunch of guys got drunk on the team, and uh, they got knocked – one of the guys was, like, their 35-pounder. He got knocked out by a baseball player. It was, like, their alumni. The guy was so wasted – and then we had a meeting the next day with the coach. And the coach is like, now the rest of that guy's life, he's going to go around saying he knocked out an All-American. Like, you just gave that guy a story for the rest of his life. Like, there's no winning. These MMA fighters, they're already badasses. Like, I mean, Don, you got into a couple bar fights in your day. Was it, was it ever worth it? No, hell no, because you, you always uh, lose money in it, you know. <laughs> you either win or lose, you lose money. So it's not. Yeah, I mean, plus you're drunk. You're also compromised. Uh, you got bouncers coming behind you. You can't see what's going on. Uh, it's never, I don't know. Uh, McCorkle, did you ever go to a bar fight? Uh, yeah, I actually beat up a guy. I was probably 35 at the time, and uh, that's when he called my Arab friend a terrorist. I may have told you that before. He called him a terrorist, and only I'm allowed to call my Arab friends terrorists like no one else. Um, that sounds right. And then. Um, he said something to me, and I, uh, I ended up using a Carl Parisian judo toss, and he went like 12 feet through the air and hit a van that was parked, and then I tried to soccer kick him in the head. It was really bad. Then a cop tased him, but I just found out last night I was eating with my buddy that's a cop that knows the guy, and I said, hey, you remember that time I had to beat that guy? Because, yeah, you know my buddy got fired for that because he, he tased him and didn't charge me, even though I was the – not the aggressor, but I was the only one that physically hurt the other guy. And so, yeah, he goes, he ended up getting fired for that. Now he works at Best Buy or something. I don't know. So I felt a little bit bad about that, but uh, – he was uh, doing it to help me out because um, he knew that I was friends with his buddy, so he didn't want me to get arrested or anything. And plus, I had a flight to catch to Miami like the next in like four hours, so I didn't have time to get arrested and stuff like that. So, uh, Greg, did you ever get into a bar fight? No, nah, not really. I don't think anything beyond pushing and shoving. Yeah, I tried to get into a few, it just didn't happen. <laughs> what about Hector Junior? 
Hector Jr., you have no bar fight? Oh, I don't even try to get it. The bar is fine with me. The bar is on me. I just stand there, and then the next thing I know, I try to do I take him out. I take him out. I'm not a sheep. Wow. I want to know how many hours a week Greg spends practicing that because it's getting scary good. He's, like, it's getting really good. <laughs> Greg is the most talented comedian ever. Uh, he's beyond funny. Uh, I don't know. I come on this show. and You know what it is? It's, you know, we still have to worry about getting canceled on a certain level. So it's like I always feel like there's an edit button on. And then, you know, they're so free, Don and, and – uh, and McCorkle, and I'm just so jealous. I'm like, oh, I want to say whatever I want. This is no I've fun anymore. I've been trying anymore. to get canceled for 10 years. I'm having no luck. Don, Don I feel, like, it, I, I feel like you're the only one that doesn't know you've been canceled. <laughs> <laughs> Look around you, man. You're fucking canceled, baby. Don is so free, he just leaves. Not even he does. He's so free. exactly. He doesn't even uh, have to stay the whole time. I just, I wish, I miss that kind of comedic freedom where we could really say anything. And be like, I'm joking. It's a joke. And people be like, okay, well, it's a joke. You know, jokes are jokes. Now it's like, no, you can't say that joke anymore. It's no, not, it's, I don't it's like it. The edit button. It's also the YouTube comments. It's the comments on it. And it's like I, you're getting. It's every. Meanwhile, there was a guy named Andre who I used to love. He used to run the the small room at the Ice House, and he was crazy. Like he was one of the funniest people. He would just like, in the middle of a set, he'd go on last, just walk off the stage, end the show, but not tell anyone, like, why? <laughs> like, 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 halfway through a joke, he would just leave. Like, that's the kind of shit he would do, right? And one time, there was a, uh, uh, these people were trying to, like, I was like, I got a gang members in the crowd, and I, like, offended them, and he was worried. I just came from New York. He was worried that I was going to get into a fight. Like, I was going to get jumped by the crowd afterwards. So he jumps on stage while I'm up there in his underwear, but he's wearing like a thong and he's like, and he's like, let's wrestle to me. And I'm like, Dude, I'm in the middle of my fucking set. And he's like, no. And then the crowd just gets up and leaves. I'm like, why? He goes, well, I thought if I wrestled you naked, they wouldn't beat you up. And I'm like, Dude, I didn't want to wrestle. Like, this is the kind and of then you realize there was another Dakota Cochran production. You're like, What's going on here? This is crazy. He showed up for these auditions. Uh, yeah, it was crazy, man. Crazy. So, um, all right, so Bellator over the weekend. Uh, Phil Davis looked amazing against Joel Romero. Uh, he, he won that fight. One judge gave it to Romero. I mean, Phil easily won ten, uh, second round and third round. It was like, you, you see it, Sean? Yeah, it wasn't close. That's ridiculous, man. It wasn't even close. And then the funny part was after the third round, Romero came out for the fourth round, and he didn't know it was a three-round fight. So, <laughs> and that's how you wind up in Bellator. But how, like, how do you go through a whole training camp and nobody tells you that the fight's three rounds? Here's the question, though: Was this his first fight in Bellator? Yes, because his, all his other fights are in UFC, where if you're the headlining match, title fight or not, it's five rounds. Right. I feel like they just never talked about it because he's like, we're the headlining match. It's five rounds. So nobody even knows. Romero had never seen a Bellator event. Like even he <laughs> couldn't find it on TV the first time. Like, I don't know what the rules are in this thing. So nobody <laughs> told them. Not one person in his camp said, Hey, how many rounds is this fight? Like in the contract? No, they probably thought, wow, he really wants to train hard. He wants to train for like as if you know, like nobody wanted to slow him down. Just, they thought he was so dedicated. <laughs> 
Then, then that, this is how, this is why I, I get yellow Romero, right? So one judge gave it to him and he starts going, no, 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 he won. Like while, the, <laughs> like, while they're announcing he won, one guy, he goes, no, oh it was God. him, it was him. Like, like he, he thought it was, <laughs> I mean, what an honest guy. Like, I, I've never seen anyone like tell, say, tell them that no, he, like everybody thinks that they won, you know, or it's usually like at least fake it. So I uh, gotta, gotta give him credit there. This catchphrase is gonna have to change to don't forget gay Jesus or how many rounds you're fighting in a main event. Like that's gonna be his new saying. That's crazy, man. Then uh, Deanna Bennett fought and uh, I like Deanna. She comes to my show, she's super cool. She, but she, second round, second fight in a row, she missed weight by four and a half pounds, right? Oy, oy, oy. Uh, her excuse was that her scale was wrong at home. Um, so, <laughs> but you're a fighter. I mean, that seems to be something you need to know. <laughs> I mean, you only have one scale, no scale at the gym, no scale at the hotel room. Like it was in San Jose. She was there a week before. Uh, like it's not her fault. There was a skinny mirror in the hotel room. So she kept looking at it. Oh, I'm on a weight. It's like, how do I get that scale? I want a scale that's five, I'm five pounds lighter than, uh, I, and that was crazy. Like, yeah, I need one of those, and I need to secretly sneak it into my doctor's office. <laughs> <laughs> did, I just leave guys, Adam, did I ever tell you about, you know, I pounds in eight weeks to make weight for my first UFC fight? Eight pounds. 70 in eight weeks. I make the weight the night before. I go get on the scale day of weigh-ins, and Bert tells me I'm 269. Or no, 269 and a half. And I'm like, Bert, on this scale last night, I was 264 and a half. And he was like, well, I don't know what to tell you. I said, I didn't eat or drink anything in the past 18 hours. I didn't touch anything. It's impossible. I may have shot some steroids, but that's not that much weight. No, but um, no. And I was like, it's impossible. <laughs> he insisted that was the weight. So I go cut another five pounds after I'm already depleted out as could possibly be. It took me three more hours to cut it to get under the weight. And I weighed in at like 262 and a half. So Bert was way off on is what I weighed. Hunt fight? Like, is, the Mark, is the Mark Hunt fight? Yeah, yeah. So I cut an extra four and a half pounds for nothing. Like for Wait, no, when I was already plus seventy pounds, so you were three fifty, and you weren't even fat. You were like what seven percent body fat, eight percent. Yeah, no. When I started, man, I, I had the beginning of abs when I started cutting weight at probably three. I was right at probably yeah three thirty five, I would say, uh, and uh, like it looked pretty good. And then uh, I had to stop lifting weights for that entire two months. I could not lift the weight for the entire two months because um, I had to get some muscle weight off. And then I was eating six times a day. Uh, just chicken breast, broccoli, uh, one apple a day, and 15 almonds once a day. Uh, I worked with one of the best diet coaches in the world. He actually is like Mr. Indiana three times, like bodybuilder. He's people, other pro bodybuilders go to him for their diet. So uh, I met with him literally three days a week. He would weigh me, measure me, do everything. And uh, I was, I lost, man, I want to say two weeks out, I was all the way down to 275 or something. You know what I mean? So I lost a bunch of weight really fast. And then uh, the last little bit was hard coming off because I wasn't, drinking any or taking any salt in or anything you know so uh, not holding water but yeah that was uh it was no fun man that was tough so. no no don when you were in the ufc there were no weight classes um and it seems like right. it no. seems like right not now scale yeah yeah you're gonna have <laughs> now but do you think they should go back to no weight classes for heavyweights yeah they should they should make a um what you 205 and then maybe a 245 or two, you know, or two fifty, and then, and then go unlimited. I mean, yeah, I mean, what's the downside there? Because there, there really has a, I mean, a guy coming at three twenty. You know, because they, 
they can put in two more weight classes, which will give them two more belts. You know? Right. And uh, they can hire they can hire uh, you know fifty more guys. <laughs> and uh, you know, but the the problem is you want to have a championship fight on every pay per view, and sometimes they don't. They they fuck up. Uh, do you agree with Corkle, Sean? I don't. I've never understood. I actually said this to Dana, and I got. I mean, I'm not sure that he listened or cared, but I have a feeling they don't want more champions because they don't want to share more of the pay um, Exactly. You have so many. You have so many people at 155 and 170. I don't know why they don't do a 165. Move 170 up to 180. Move 185 up to 195. Move 205 up to 210. If that makes sense, and then anything over 210 is unlimited. So you're adding, like Don said, two weight classes, but you're just you're giving 65, 155, 170 for guys that size. That's a 15 pounds is a lot. If you did one right in the middle and moved it to say 175, 165, let's say 180, not even 175, you could pull a lot of guys from 170 to that and 155 to that 165, and it wouldn't be so stacked all the time. Where a guy can win 10 fights and not get a title shot, you know, like it's ridiculous. But I think it's exactly what you said. That's two more champions that are going right. to become famous, that they're going to have to pay more money. They, mm-hmm. Meanwhile, they could just have them keep fighting for, for they make more. They make more money. But yeah. they make more money. I think that's no, what they, they want, to pay, though, is just make. to make more money. Sean, who's the biggest? Well, that's why they – I've always said this. People are all the time ask me, like, why does the UFC cut people so fast? I'm like, because there's so many guys willing to fight for almost nothing just to be in the UFC – that if you put best right. against best against best all the time, you only have to pay one guy each weight class at the end of the day. You know what I mean? Like, it's always – you've got three contenders coming up, make all three of them fight each other in a round robin. That way they lose and you've got the negotiating power and then only one guy comes out unbeaten. And that's why they don't build people – it's crazy. They don't build people up. They don't anything. It's, oh, this guy's 3 on the UFC. This guy's 3 on the UFC. Let's have them fight each other. Then whoever wins that fights a 4-0 guy in the UFC. You know I mean, it just constantly – if they keep everyone losing and keep cutting everybody and recycling the guys in, you've got to – 90% of your roster at 10 and 10, you know? So. Who's the biggest guy you ever trained with, Sean? Uh, biggest man, I don't know. Tom Erickson is probably, I mean, not the tallest, but as far as size. Tom Erickson, I don't want to out him or anything, but he told me he weighed 290. He His right leg weighed 290 when I trained with him. I mean, he had to be 375 and in shape, man. Like, he was uh, the strongest, the biggest. Uh, yeah, he was – people think it's a joke. Tom Erickson beat up me and Matt Matrone at the same time. Like we tried to jump him one day <laughs> to get him off his feet. He grabbed me and threw me and suplexed me like 17 feet across the mat. And Matt tried to run and he chased Matt down. An NFL defensive lineman, he chased him down, caught him, pulled him to the ground, was beating the shit out of him. Um, but it was, uh, he, we both, because we were, not, neither of us can have any hope of taking him down. And I told Matrone one day, I said, I wonder if uh, we and you could take him down together. And he goes, well, get a hold of him and I'll, we'll try to do it. Like, next time he's showing us something, like, rolling a little bit. So we start standing up, and I get an underhook, and I try to do something, and Matt jumps in. And before you knew it, I got suplexed, and Matt was getting ragdolled. It was uh, it was unbelievable. People never believe that. One of my, that uh, one of my uh, dream fights is Tom versus Don Fry. Uh, a prime Don. <laughs> I mean, the two manliest men in the history of yeah. I'll right? tell you what happened almost every day when I was over there at Oklahoma State. Tom Erickson would – Dribble my head off of the side of the wall. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah. You know, I'll never forget, man. The first time yeah. I ever trained with Tom, I knew of him, but had never trained with him. And Matt said, "Dude, I'm going up to the Mitchell. He had trained three or four times with him. He said, you 'You're gonna get your manhood taken today. You've never felt anything like this in your life.'" And I was like, "Dude, I know he'll out wrestle me and probably throw me around, but he's not gonna embarrass me." And at this point, I'm bench pressing 500 pounds. You know what I mean? Like I'm a 
strong dude. And uh, I said, he ain't going to embarrass me. And uh, Matt was like, dude, he's going to kill you. I was like, all right, maybe we'll we get up there. First thing Matt says, we walk in, hey, Tom, this is Sean McCorkle. He doesn't think you can beat him in wrestling. He said that there's no way he'll out-wrestle you. I was like, oh. I did not say that, man. I said, I didn't say that. And he goes, Tom's like, I didn't say that. Like, really? I never said that. Yeah, Tom's like, really? I said, Tom, I promise to say that. And uh, Matt had warned me, don't get double underhooks on him. He said, you'll be sorry. And I, you always want double underhooks, almost always. You can, you know? So right. the first time we tie up, he lets me have double underhooks. I, I was like, that, I'm going to take down Tom Erickson. I really thought I was going to pick him up a little bit and trip him. Instead, he just <laughs> back suplexed me, like overhooked me and threw me. Dude, I'm done you. 15 feet across the mat before I hit the ground. Hurt my neck. I couldn't even. He also, right before I fought Pujanowski, he dislocated one of my ribs from my spine. Like, I don't know if you know how hard that is to do. Yeah. But we were just going. I had two days before the fight. I was like, Tom, I want to go light, man. I'm, I'm cutting weight and kind of sore, you know, or whatever. And he was like, oh, no, okay, stash my head down, does something, and one of my ribs pops out from my spine. I had to go to the ER. Oh, my like, was, wait, wait, I don't understand. Don Fry, that's crazy. Don Fry, he dribbled your head? Who the fuck? You, you're you. Prime Don Fry. <laughs> he dribbled your head, this guy? Yeah, you got to understand, we were wrestling, and Tom Erickson was one of the best collegiate wrestlers, you know, and I wasn't. <laughs> was, well don don was he tom was the assistant coach i don't know if you guys knew that i, I think don left that part out so they wrestled every day like with each right. other you know wow okay so i thought i was gonna tell right. don i saw that don one time's like man did you ever roll with uh tom erickson i tell don don goes yeah he was just assistant coach at you know when i was in right. college it was, it was hell on earth i was like yeah i know Trust so me. who so did you ever watch tom erickson and uh, randy couture train i never saw it Don? No. 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 That's some team, no. man. I mean, what a bunch of men. Oklahoma State, uh, fucking Tom Erickson, Don Fry, Randy Couture. And that was before, like, the the second incoming of, like, guys like Daniel Cormier and stuff like that. So, uh, UFC fights. Um, you guys watch that at all? Anybody? Uh, yes, I, I watched did. all – I watched the whole main card. So, man. Uh, I think one fighter from the prelims. Uh, Smith. I mean, he was on looked fantastic. Anthony Smith, Ryan Spann. I mean, he was just like I don't know what Ryan Spann said to Anthony Smith, but afterwards <laughs> he still he stood over him and he's like, yeah. I mean, holy shit, that was a. Different I know what he said. What 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 did he what did he uh, say? <laughs> Ryan Spann had said he doesn't respect him because because Anthony Smith said you're gonna have to respect me, and Ryan Spann said you'll have to take my respect, so I'm not gonna give it to you. And so right after the fight, he was like, I got my respect now. The funniest thing was that Spann said. Yeah, you're right. He just said you're right. Like I, you got, you took my respect, you know, or whatever, and said it. But I got to be honest. I only watched. I watched the Hannah Goldie fight. Yeah. And then when I, I, for a minute at the end, I thought I was watching The Exorcist. Like whenever, whatever that was that happened when she got the powers of Christ compelled her or whatever was going on, yeah. I literally could not watch it again for two hours. I turned off to the main card because I don't like like loud, unexpected noises. And when I heard like, I like the beast from hell being unleashed. When she won, I was like, what was that noise? Like, I was getting a drink. I was like, what the hell was that? And they kept replaying it. Like, if you guys haven't heard that noise, don't. Like, don't. Dude, first of all, that was a good fight. No, I have to play it. Emily Whitmire, Emily Whitmire was winning that fight. I mean, she won every minute, every second of that fight, and then she got called an yeah. armbar. That was the best Emily was looking for a while. I mean, she had a kind of a rough go, and, and I was really happy for her because I like Emily a lot. And then she just got caught in that armbar, and you're right. Hannah Goldie is – Got to be two percent body fat, just yeah, shredded. And she's like, ah, uh, I don't know. Have you ever hooked up with a girl that 
that rip McCorkle? No, dude, that's, uh, I mean, nothing personally. I, I like women that look like women. Like, and uh, she, uh, dude, I don't know, maybe she has great genetics, but I don't know how any woman can look like that without help. You know what I mean? Like, I don't That's what I, I was just thinking. I was like, that, that reaction definitely doesn't sound like someone on steroids. Dude, yeah, dude, it was, I'm not kidding you. It, like, it, to add insult to injury, her opponent probably has, like, burst eardrums down, too, because it was like, get sent chills down my spine when I heard her start screaming like she had just been murdered when she won. Like it was Oh my god. You haven't heard that since you took a girl's virginity. <laughs> <laughs> He's trying to I haven't heard that since that Dakota Cochran uh, production I got oh, yeah. <laughs> uh I'll tell you what look what was also really scary looking was Devin Clark's mouth. Uh he fought Ian Kudalaba and Don Oh yeah. His teeth got like Basically so, like, knocked out. It's, like, like his whole bottom teeth went in. And Devin Clark is a tough guy. He took a pounding, and he had his dad in his corner. And his dad was, like, telling him what to do. I, I got to give his dad credit because a lot of parents would have been like, fuck this, I'm, I'm, I'm pulling my kid out of this fight. <laughs> like, right. I mean, his dad watched his kid get his teeth knocked out, um, all of them. I, I'm sure that the UFC has good dentistry and good dental care, and they'll probably take care of that. But, oh, my God. Dude, I, I literally thought that was a photo. I, I thought it was fake when I saw it. Like, I, I like, there's no way that they actually let him fight like that. But it, I, that's what I thought. But he was the one that was like, "No damage is done. Let's keep fighting." I was thinking, I was like, "Man, how much does he wish his dad wouldn't come to his fights like that?" Right. Because yeah. <laughs> his dad was like, "You got to explore." And I was like, "I didn't. I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy." But it didn't sound like particularly good coaching. You know? He's like, <laughs> "You got to explode." Or parenting. You got to fight back. You gotta hit him. It wasn't you gotta fight him. And it's like it's like, okay, he's getting smothered though. None of this is helping. You know? Uh uh now McCorkle, you were a college basketball player. You were I think you were ranked in the uh, state, right? Indiana when you were in high school? Uh yeah, no, I uh, actually um I went to junior college and I, I had like over fifty major division one offers, like to really big schools. Like IU had offered me a scholarship, like when Bobby Knight was there, like had you know, offered me a tryout at least. And I just uh, – I didn't like Bobby Knight, so I didn't want to do it. But, um, yeah, I was, uh, I was a really good basketball player. Like, so really when you good. were coaching your kid, who was also a good basketball player, how hard were you on your kid? Uh, I wasn't hard at all on him, man, because I could never stand the parents who want to live through their children. Like, it, uh, I didn't want to put pressure on him. I, said, I told him I hated basketball. By the time I was 17, I despised basketball because it was so much pressure. And I told him, you might as well have fun because you're not going to play in the NBA. I hate to be like a guy that was – like I told him, you're not going to play in the NBA. It's just the way it is. You know what I mean? I said, so you might as well have fun playing because if it's – and don't – I can't – I don't know. I always felt terrible for kids who – I mean, like I said, the uh, – I mean, Stan's dad, I don't think it was good coaching or parenting. Like when your kid is that hurt, can you imagine telling him, like, well, if you can go, go. Like, I mean, his it wasn't even his teeth. His gums were missing. Like it was like – it was like – I don't know, man. It was I, – I can't imagine – I begged my son to never fight. I told him, like uh, – I felt terrible for my dad when I thought my dad hated it you know hated me fighting I just uh I can't imagine we had one parent who just wanted it so much more than his kid his kid didn't want to be right. there parents were screaming at him yada we had to literally close the doors during practice because I didn't want him yelling at everyone during practice from outside which sucks because I like keeping the doors open because kids walk by and go oh, what are you guys doing and then we could somehow right. get a kid that like wouldn't join the team to see that but sometimes it's the worst when parents because it's hard to tell a parent. I mean, that's a, that's an individual sport, a team sport. Every parent thinks that their kid should be playing. You know, right? It's the best kid on the team. Dom, you had daughters. Were you uh, involved in their uh, in their uh, sports at all? 
Yeah. Um, the ex-wife and I were assistant coaches when they played soccer, you know, little little kid soccer. And I thought that was that was just so much fun, you know, watching all these kids charge down there, the balls behind them, and they're still running, you know, one direction. And, it is you know, funny. It's, it it's just, just fun to watch. Yeah. Uh, uh, Greg Fry, uh, what, what do you yell while the kids are playing soccer? Get him! And then I yell, rip his nipples off! And then, uh, and then I like to throw a hatchet out on the field and yell, scalp him, motherfucker! Uh, Hector Jr., I heard you were kind of a soccer player. Oh, I do! Oh, I coach on the soccer! The soccer, I show them, you take the ball, and you stab him with a knife. That's how you win. Wow. Well, this is uh, a lot of stuff here. Um, so, I love I love watching Don and McCorkle both like power down. <laughs> They're both like, here we go. All right, another some other fights that went on. Uh, let's Nate, wait for the well, let's wait for him to stop yelling. Nate 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 Manus won his fight against Tony Gravely. He was losing. He was getting the shipping out of him and just came back. Uh, he was almost stopped. Uh, that was pretty awesome to watch. Uh, Joaquin Buckley fought a guy that was like three inches taller than him, maybe four inches. It looked like different weight classes. Yeah, he looked so much bigger than him. But then he finally caught him in the third, and then in his speech, Don, he goes, Dana White, we got to have a sit down. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, 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 has that ever worked in the history of any job? Yeah, I was going to say, that's usually not the best negotiating ploy. <laughs> I was going to say, that's not what they meant by do you want to call someone out. <laughs> you want to call someone out? Yeah, fucking Dana. <laughs> um, and then uh, Montel Jackson against JP buys this dude. JP was getting he got dropped what six times during the fight, uh, and he was getting, but he kept going, but he lost. But oh my god, uh, there was a couple uh, other really good fights this week though. This Saturday night is the return of Nick Diaz, um, one of my favorite fighters against Robbie Lawler. I can't wait for this fight. Um, I, I think this is a very winnable fight for Nick. I think it's actually the perfect fight for Nick because it's a big name, and it's a guy, Robbie, who looks like he's not the same Robbie Lawler, even close, than he used to be. Uh, and Nick Diaz, we don't know what's, what he has left, but he hasn't taken that much damage lately because he hasn't fought in, what, like five years. Uh, I think Nick Diaz all the way. Uh, McCorkle. I say the same thing, man. I think if it was Robbie Lawler from five years ago, we might be, you know, talking a different story. But if you look at Nick Diaz, when he loses, it's typically by decision to someone who out-wrestles him, you know, like a really good wrestler like GSP or somebody like that. But I don't think uh, I don't think Robbie's going to – I mean, maybe he could out-wrestle him, but probably not now. It is, you know, as old as he is. And uh, I think it'll probably uh, – I think Diaz will probably knock him out again, man, if I had to guess. Like Nick uh, – Nick stays training and stays in amazing shape. I mean, he's doing triathlons on a regular basis. So um, I did see one of his on the countdown show. It was so funny because uh, Nick has matured so much in the past, you know, like five, seven years or whatever. It was funny because he goes, uh, he's, he was like talking and it cracked me up because he said something like, uh, yeah, I'm not very good at talking. Like he just said that and it like I cracked me <laughs> up and he goes, I just, I kind of, you know, I, I don't want to talk bad about Robbie. He goes, I, I kind of don't want to talk bad about anybody anymore, you know, or whatever. I started cracking up. Like, he goes, I guess I'm supposed to be gangster, but I'm a little too old for that. Like, it was a great, like, great line, but it started, I'm not very good at talking. I was like, that's a hell of a way to start. John, thoughts about this fight? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm excited to watch the fight. 
I had, I'm going to go with Nick because I'm a, you know, I'm a Diaz fan all the way. And I'm also a Robbie Lawler fan, you know, um, like you said, from five years ago. I mean, he was amazing five years ago, everything he was doing. And if he still has half that talent and ability, uh, fuck him over the hill. Yeah, no, <laughs> we can still hear you, buddy. You're here. All right, Greg. Uh, I got to find a cord. I, I got to find a damn cord to charge my phone, peeps. Uh, Greg, you're <laughs> I figured I mean, Don was plugging a leg wound or something. Like, hey, wait a minute, I got to patch this leg wound. Yeah. <laughs> Hold on, let me let me shoe this horse. Greg, right, Greg. I think. Listen, I think it's going to be. A, I mean, a, a beautiful slugfest. I think it's. But the question is, I'm afraid that Nick Diaz won't want it to end soon, and he'll let it keep going instead of just knocking Lawler out. And give Lawler a shot to uh, to take him to a decision, possibly you know wrestle it a little bit and and maybe win a decision. So if it ends or if it, if Nick wins, I think he probably knocks him out pretty early, like probably first round. But if it keeps going because he wants, the only reason I think it'll keep going is because he enjoys the fight and he keeps it going, and that might open the door for Lawler to win it. First it round. is five rounds, right? Yeah. It's definitely. I think it's yeah. seven. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna say I was gonna ask uh, Romero, but he probably doesn't know either. So. Yeah. First time I met Nick, I was at a club, and Nate and Nick were standing there like this, like two pit bulls, just mad dog at everybody. And I had made a bunch of jokes about them, so I was trying to avoid eye contact. And then I, and then I like hit me and Nate made eye contact, and he's just smiling. He's like, "Come here, man." He's like, blah, blah, blah. And then we were talking, and he's like, hey, why don't you come train with us tomorrow? I'm like, I'm good. Uh, but he just <laughs> – he, so, he was so nice. But then yeah. Nick walked by. I'm like, oh, hey, Nick. And Nick just kept walking. And then Nate goes, don't worry. He doesn't talk to me either. Uh, <laughs> then I heard a funny story that, like, Lazy the Savage told us how, like, Nick went up to him and was like, hey, man, I want you to uh, get me a sponsor. I want you to get me a sponsor. I need some money. So Nate sits with the sponsor, and they go to this, like, meeting. It's all these suits, and it's, like, seven guys in Santa Monica, and they're all they're pitching him this, like, like remember those, like, uh, Boz Rutten had that, like, thing where you punch five things at once? Like, you hit, like, the five, like, you hit this. Yeah, thing. yeah, yeah. So they, they spent, like, 30 minutes. They got, like, a PowerPoint presentation, and this, just this whole thing, right? At the end, they go, Nick, what do you think? And he goes, honestly, this is the dumbest shit I've ever seen in my life. He goes... <laughs> Nobody would fucking buy this. If people buy it, it's because they hate me. Uh, he goes, uh, why don't you go talk to Jake Shields? He'll fucking do some dumb shit like this. <laughs> it was the most awkward fucking five minutes anyone's ever. Like, it was crazy. Then when I used to work at Fox Sports, they would all be mad. I'm like, the whole crew there. I'm like, I'm like why are you guys mad? They're like, we were supposed to do a countdown special with Nick Diaz. We were supposed to get there at like 11 in the morning, 10. He doesn't show up the whole day. So they're at the gym waiting for him. And Nate walks by like seven times. Like if you see Nick, he's like, I don't know where the fuck he is. And he just never showed up. So the whole crew went to Stockton at like for like three days. <laughs> Dude, when I was um we I was for a little while represented by the same agent who yeah. uh who represented Nate and Nick on their sponsorships. Yeah. And so I was hanging out with him in Vegas one night and Nick uh or, or Nate and Nick both texted him two or three separate times each, asking what their room number was again on their hotel. He's like, yeah. dude, what room number are we? He's like 260. And then like a five, like 15 minutes later, he goes, hey, what room number was he? He was like 260. Like it was right above the 10. 
Oh my, those guys are hilarious. <laughs> and then Nate, at some point, Nate said, Hey, do you know where I put my room key? Like, he asked the agent if the agent knew where Nate put his room key. Like, he goes, Do you know where I put my room key? Do you remember? The agent was like, uh, so funny. Oh, I'm sorry. Remember for the MMA awards, I had to get people to come and like do like present. So I'm like, Nate, you want to present an award this year? And he's like, Yeah, I want to win one too. And he wasn't even like, he wasn't nominated. Like, he hadn't fought in like three years. <laughs> So then I like pitched them like, hey, can we do a Nate Diaz award? Uh, and they're like, no. <laughs> <laughs> no. I'm like, come on. Uh, so yeah, also Volkanowski is taking Brian Ortega. I got to say, uh, I, I talked to Volkanowski, really, really nice guy. Cool dude. Like Ortega, I've, I've heard mixed things about people that know him. People that train under him say he's a great guy. Other people say other things, but uh Definitely gets hot girls. Oh my God. He like was with, I think, Halle Berry. I think he was with Demi Lovato at one point. Now he's with uh, that Latino the, Mexican. Yeah, yeah. Montez or. Yeah, Tracy. Uh, what is it? Uh, like the hottest woman ever. Yeah, Tracy. the hottest, that little Hispanic one that has all the brothers. Tracy Cortez. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. She's hot. I know. And he's with her now, right? Yeah, he, I mean, this dude uh, definitely... Uh, but now they're acting like they're all, like, super in love, going to get married kind of shit. Well, he, he definitely should marry her. He's a great... Wait, are you talking about Ortega? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I thought you were talking about Volkanovski or whatever. I was like, he hasn't been famous. Though. No, no, oh, no. That's no, really weird, but... Uh, Ortega didn't come across very well on the uh, on the reality show either. On the, That, you know, could be edited, whatever. But I hope Volkanovski wins this fight. Who are you... Who, uh, and I think he's going to win. Who do you think he's going to win, Greg? I really don't know, you know. I mean, Ortega's the number two ranked guy, but I don't see him really being that close to Volkanovski. I, I really think, I, I don't know. I, to me, that, that ranking surprises me. I, I don't think it's going to be that close. Uh, Sean? Uh, I would say I'm going Ortega, man. Um, I think uh, the beating he took, it sounds crazy, but the beating he took, it wasn't Max Holloway that beat him like worse than anyone's ever been beat in the history of a fight. Um, the, <laughs> fact that he, the fact that he wouldn't quit and just kept taking those shots, like really impressed me. Man. Like it actually raised his stock in my mind, as weird as that is, that he, that he wouldn't. So, I mean, anybody else, not, not Don Fry, but almost anyone else would have quit under those chances. Um, and uh, when he's on, when Ortega's on, he's really, really good, man. So it just uh, depends on which version shows up, like a lot of guys. And Don? Did he get beat up worse than I did against Colvin? Uh, <laughs> yeah, even worse than that. <laughs> no way. No way. Coleman beat me like a redhead stepchild, man. I tell you, like I owed him money. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I tell you one I'm time I saw Brian Ortega. You know, yeah. uh, one time I, I saw Ortega. I tell you, like I saw him at a at a fight one time. I was walking to the arena and I go, "Oh, this shit is Brian Ortega!" And I almost bumped into somebody. Somebody went like this, like, 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 don't like watch where you're going, asshole. And I was like, "Oh, sorry." And then Ortega and him like had like a laugh. Like I feel like the biggest nerd. <laughs> like I was like the loser that like you are. Like, like dropped his lunch <laughs> in front of the whole. <laughs> yeah, I am exactly. I was gonna so, say uh, I feel like I just switched to Ortega. I mean, the two experienced fighters both took Ortega, and here I am saying I don't think it's gonna be very close. I think it's Volkanovski. I'm like I think maybe I'm wrong here. Ortega, I think I want to switch my butt. He's really good, based on the fact that I embarrassed myself and bumped into somebody, and they both laughed at me. Uh, so Lauren Murphy versus Shevchenko. Everyone in the world's picking. Shevchenko, my heart. I she's want. minus 12. I'm going for Laura Murphy. Laura's going to win. She's going to shock the world. Laura's going to shock the world. Just, this girl's been through it. She was a former like heroin addict. She, her, her dad died in a plane crash. She lived through fucking hell. 
she's she's she was a single mom now she's married she had new camp she's strong she hits hard she believes in herself she's really nice uh she, she faced all the best fighters are normally former heroin addicts for the record ah. like typically it's typically yeah, the, everyone knows meth heads make much better fighters <laughs> I'm, I'm going for lauren lauren's got this uh, but me, you can take everything I said about the Volkanovsky Ortega fight and cut it from there, but then tape it right onto this fight. <laughs> Don Fry, who do we like in this one? Shevchenko, man. Hell, that, that woman's awesome. I mean, shit. She should be calling me and begging me to, you know, to uh, donate uh, to get together and have a baby, you know? <laughs> yeah, my, my, my genes and her genes, you know, you'd have a monster. That's, that's true. And that's let me true. tell you something about, let me, let me tell you something about this, this single mom bullshit. Oh God. And unless oh God, the guy no. dies, the, uh, unless the guy dies that she's a fucking widow, they choose to be a single mom. So oh, they choose to be in that fucking position. So piss on all right, no. well, that, was, that, that, <clears throat> that part was brought to you by the Lifetime Network. Uh, so. <laughs> and Hallmark, when Hallmark. you're looking for a card that says, Mom, you did a great job without Dad around. <laughs> Nothing <laughs> says, you chose to be in that position. <laughs> Happy Valentine's Day from Don Fry. Um, so. <laughs> All right, we got Curtis Blade, your boy. Curtis Blade, motherfucker! He's taking on Rose's streak. Uh, man, Rosic, look, I, I got Curtis <clears throat> Blades. Huge hype between uh, Rosic, but Blades, he just gets caught. He just somehow, he, like, he, his, two, his three losses are to, two of them to Nganu, and one of them, he was beating the Black Beast, and then he just ran into, uh, like, an uppercut, right? Remember, he sort of, like... Yeah, but I don't like think, that, but he got knocked the fuck out. I think he learned his lesson. I think he's going to beat Rosic streak. Uh, two heavyweights... Uh, other heavyweights want to chime in. McCorkle, who wins this fight? Um, I thought they already fought. I must be crazy. I thought they fought like three times already. It seems like every event they're scheduled to fight. But I would say probably despite any evidence of his former heroin addiction, I would say I'll still go with Blades, even though he, he has no documented heroin uh, in his past. So, yeah, I'll say Blades about being a better wrestler. But he is a single mom. Do you right. laugh at your own jokes like later on today? I can picture you laughing. I can picture you McCorkle like later on in the day just laughing to yourself at some of I'll the tell you what has happened to me multiple times is I'll be on YouTube or Instagram and I'll see something I want to make a sarcastic comment about. So I go down to comment and I'll see the funniest thing I've ever read in my life that I realize I made that comment three years ago. <laughs> like I had already seen that video and said something hilarious. I'm like, oh, man, that's awesome. Like, no wonder I thought it was funny. I wrote it three years ago. Uh, Don Fry, who wins this one? Curtis Blades or Rosie Street? Uh, Rosie Street, man. I go with that. Because I don't think Curtis um, has learned his lesson. You know, I think he's going to walk in there with his chin up and his hands down, and he's going to go to sleep. I hope not. Uh, also on this card, Jessica Andrade, who's like, she fights like Vanderlei Silva. She just goes forward and just throws haymakers. She's fighting, fighting Cynthia Cavillo. Uh, a girl who basically, her boyfriend cheated on her. She went to the gym to, like, get in better shape. And now, seven years later, she's, like, number six in the world. This girl's like... Okay, can I tell you, I feel like that backstory has applied to, like, nine different female fighters. 
It seems like every time we preview one of these fights, like, you know, her boyfriend cheated on her. She was, uh, and then she went into the gym to get, I guess, a revenge body. And it's like, how the, I tell you what, these guys keep cheating because you're creating great fighters. Yeah, he's not cheating. He's motivating you. He's inspiring yeah. you. Uh, he's, he's basically your coach. Next but, time, if I ever cheat on Summer, I'll be like, babe, how do you ever expect to become an MMA fighter if I don't cheat on you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm hearing Don tell it. Maybe that's why Don was such a great fighter. Uh, exactly. Because his ex-wife was cheating on him. Yeah. Meanwhile, Don said your ex- Yeah, while well, I was out of town making money. But, but, what, what kind of a maniac would cheat well, was, Don Fry's wife? I mean, you got to be- the, the kind that doesn't know she's married to Don Fry. <laughs> <laughs> I doubt she opens with no, that. Hey, uh, so I'm married to this world-class fighter. Uh, would you- Like, No. She would go around saying she was married to Greg. I'll tell you, and there was no exactly, and they'd be like, "Oh, that was fucking that." Wait, so Don, let's go. What, Don? What were you saying? The kind of guy who moves a hundred miles away, and then when you knock on his door and ask him if if he's there, he goes, his eyes get like this big, and he slams the door, locks the door, and then falls down trying to get away from it. <laughs> <laughs> and start screaming like a woman. And then call, at least, then call at least the that's police. what Don told the police. He fell out. Right say, this is a very door. specific reference. Uh, All right. Okay, Don. So, <laughs> so, so Don, Don, you found the guy that was cheating. You drove 100 miles, went to his door, and then he just fell down? No, he, he, he went, uh, slammed the door a lot here, slammed, clicked, and the thud. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then what did you do? I started, I started banging on the door. Are you all right? Are you all right? <laughs> Go away. Don wiped the blood off his nose and came up with that story is what happened. <laughs> <laughs> this, this story has a little hole. I mean, you drove 100 miles, then you said, are you all right? I mean, did you knock him out and then say that he fell down on his own? No, I never touched it. I never touched the little uh, tranny. Tran so, what? never touched. Wait, it was a – Greg? In my defense, I didn't know he was going to come 100 miles to see me. I thought I would totally – I thought that was plenty of distance. Wait, the guy was a transgender? No, he looks like one. He wears skinny jeans and has curly long hair, you know, plays the guitar. And I told my ex-wife, I said, you fucking think he wrote that song for you? It's on, it's on YouTube. <laughs> I can't believe you know he fell for the ponytail guitar guy. <laughs> a tranny guitar player. I drove 100 miles to see him. Wait, you were, how did you find out his YouTube page? Like, did you listen to his music? No, no. I just, that I just was the settlement. That. <laughs> yeah. that was yeah. the settlement. He was no, like, here, just take what. a demo CD. <laughs> Wait, tell me, Don, what happened? Nothing happened because he started screaming. You know, I'm calling the police. I just knocked on your door. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, this is a... I wanted to thank you for... I wanted to thank you for getting that whore out of my life before she brought home more 
diseases. Got it. Got well. I'm, I'm, sure, Don, I, I, I'm sure Don wanted to thank him real good. I, 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 I like, like how Don leads with. He's one of these trannies, you know. He's got a guitar. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the first thing. That that's what I think. Trannies. When I think of trannies, I think, oh yeah, the, they always have skinny the guitars, the curly hair, the skinny jeans, the skinny jeans. Hair. I don't. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh. I really wish that someone could animate this. <laughs> it would be a great cartoon. The guy's playing the guitar, and then Fry <laughs> comes, and then he, he falls down. All right. Well, listen. Uh, I think that's our podcast. I don't know if we're gonna we're gonna uh, we're gonna beat that. Um, Greg, what do you have coming up? Jeez, I, I don't know, man. I think <laughs> no. This Saturday, I'll be doing a Supernova in Hollywood, which is one of the hottest shows in LA right now. It so is. I'm excited. You've done it a couple times too, right, Adam? Yes. 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 So then, uh, I'm doing that on Saturday. I'll also be at the Ha. So I'm in town this weekend on Saturday. I'll be doing those shows. And then coming up in October, I'm going to be doing October 9 and 10. I'll be doing the uh, the Laughs Unlimited in beautiful Sacramento, California. One of my favorite clubs. Great club, great owner. Jenny's super awesome. So come on out and catch a show uh, in Sacramento, October 9 10. And Sean, what about you? Man, I'm still looking for a cure for my back. I think um, – some people have said, you know, since it's so hard to get pain pills anymore at pain management clinics, I should just try heroin because it's, like, real easy to get. And uh, I was, like, thinking about it, man. But, you know, like, the, the downside is I might overdose. The upside is even if it doesn't help my back, I'd probably have a championship run in my future uh, for Thank fighting. You. Thank so. you. Thank you, Sean. Uh, at least you're not fixated. And then, Don, what do you, uh, what do you have coming up? I'll tell you what, one of you people give me a call and I'll tell you about the other three guys I, I talked to <laughs> over uh, the situation. Oh, that yes. was fun. Well, um, on a very, I'm, on I'm a going brand down. new dating with Don Fry. <laughs> yeah. I'm going down to, uh, where the hell, Columbia, to uh, do the stem cell with bioaccelerator. I hope that so works I'm out, man. I hope to, that's good. I guarantee you that we do them. We'll get more corporal. Yeah, I was yeah, I was trying to get on that uh, trying to get on that trip, and I was trying to get on that trip, and I can't get a call back. So apparently, I'm not famous enough. So I don't know. No, nah, that guy doesn't call anybody back. I don't think it's happening. Um, I'm going by myself. How are you? Okay. Good for you, brother. Get a go, get going. Get done. What can go wrong? Uh, this Friday night at twelve thirty. <laughs> Uh, I'll be at the Dirty at 12.30 at the South Point Casino. Just October, when you forget how Jewish Adam is. <laughs> October October 7th, uh, I'm doing a show for Fight Pass. I'm hosting a show with MMA fighters doing stand-up comedy. Uh, love to have you guys on a future one if you want. McCorkle and Don Fry. Uh, we have Chael Sonnen, Henry Cejudo, and Dean Thomas on the first one. Uh, but Yeah, Don, that looks cool, man. That looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. And then congrats to uh, this Thursday night. Kevin Randleman is making the UFC Hall of Fame. Kevin Randleman, UFC Hall of Fame. Congrats to the monster. He deserves uh, it. He uh, was the most. Kevin was the most athletic, um, most athletic person to be in the UFC. Period. Yeah, and um, a nice guy, really sweet guy, uh, really really good guy. Yeah. So thank you guys, and I'll see you guys next week. See you, man. All right. Peace out, guys. <laughs>